Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, everybody. Good morning. Thank you so much for joining us on this edition of Down to Earth. Today is Thursday, November 12th, and what a time we're going to have. There are just so many things to cover and just so much going on in the space out there that you literally don't even know where to start. But first, let me begin by telling you what happened in Michigan overnight. So a couple of days ago, I think it was on Monday, we were trending like 60 degrees, okay? Tuesday, it was 71 degrees. It got so hot that I practically nearly turned my AC on. I kid you not. It was hot. Then Wednesday, Tuesday, it was 79 degrees. And I said, what on earth? I mean, it's November, in Michigan, how could it be 79 degrees? So my daughter brought me a Snapchat, a Snapchat video from a year ago, this day, yesterday, a year from last yesterday, where we had snow on the ground, like snowing and icy snow, like ice and snow on the ground. And one year later, we were having like 50 degrees. I was like, no, this can't happen. Well, this morning we woke up and it was 30 degrees, y'all, and there was ice on our cars, there's frost on the lawn. So there goes my lawn there, you know, everything is just like, and I'm like, okay, okay. If climate change isn't real, I don't know what else, but you know, what else is real is the president and his concession are not conceding hmm? and the coronavirus. So we're going to talk about that. But first we have a special guest this morning who is going to talk to us about addiction and recovery. And I thought it was fortuitous that he reached out to me on, on, on LinkedIn. Everybody knows LinkedIn is this professional networking site. I love it because you get to meet the coolest people. You get to meet people who are sighted in their fields, people who are doing a great work in their communities. And it is our intention to highlight some of these folks. And Mr. Marion Jones is one of them. So Marion is going to call, is going to talk to us. Uh, about uh, recovery, and as, especially as we go into the holiday season, we, we got to recognize that there are folks among us who are perhaps going to struggle, and, and let's just be real. It is real, isn't it? It is very real because there are a lot of folks right now who have lost loved ones to the coronavirus and have been mourning all year. A lot of us haven't had a chance to grieve, wrap our arms around each other. We've had to attend funerals virtually and attend homegoing ceremonies and celebrating the lives of people whom we have loved and people whom we have, whose lives have touched ours and we have touched theirs and do it virtually. So going into the holiday season is going to be challenging for a lot of people who have lost spouses and children and loved ones. And, and a lot of people will probably resort, probably will resort to more comfortable mechanisms that they're, they've known in the past. So I thought it would be a good idea to have Marion on to come and talk to us about recovery from drug abuse. Hey, Guy, how's it going? That's going just fine. Yeah. It's fine this morning. I, I woke up. Oh, 
Well, that's something to be grateful for. Thank you for 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 reiterating that. That is that is interesting. So, tell me a little bit about your program. This is Marion Jones, everybody. He's new to our audience, and he specializes in recovery. Uh, so, tell us a little bit, Marion, about uh, yourself and how did you get to this point where you are helping others. Okay, um, I'm a recovering addict, but I'm recovered, uh, 15 years clean. Um, but um, my battle with, 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 with the drugs was um, due to growing up um, and, you know, having problems because I had lost my dad when I was five. So I never got a chance to grieve as a kid, but it didn't hit me till I was grown. And... Um, I had to medicate myself because I, I, I had bad dreams. Um, things just didn't look bleak to me. It was very bleak to me. Mm-hmm. So um, um, I never, I, I didn't, I didn't never used to drink, but the job I had, everybody gets drunk on payday. That's where how it started. It went from, from drinking to snorting cocaine to doing mm-hmm. crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, once you do crack, you ain't coming back for a while. <laughs> so um, it was like uh, off and off about the 20 years of me uh-huh. doing that. And uh, finally it got to the point where it got, I got out of control. Um, went through four different rehabs. Um, and that didn't work. Um, but finally um, it got to the point where um, I watched my um my brother uh, go to jail for um selling crack, and um, I was there at the house when the house got raided. And um, from that day forward, that was October nineteenth, two thousand five. I said never again. And the reason why I wanted to reach out to help other people because. You feel like you're you're all alone. You're by yourself. Um, you're not loved. You're not, and nobody's paying any attention to you. You know, you mm-hmm. don't know who you can talk to about your situation. Right. Um, I went through the suicidal side. I went through the the, the abandonment side from my um, from my mom. Um, I went through a. Uh, uh, um, just a low. During those four stints with the rehab, um, I started writing poetry. Right. Um, and the funny thing about that is I had my first three poems were written at the same time, three days straight. Um, God woke me up and said, um, hey, I want you to write something. <laughs> and I said, no. Let me ask you something, though, We don't have um, much time, but uh, so I want to make sure. Okay, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's okay. the, the time that we have, we spend it on the, 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 the issues that really matter in a down-to-earth manner as possible. Um, let me ask you this. What is your prescription for drug recovery? Having, you know, explained you yourself what triggered you going into it, what would you say to somebody? What is your prescription for that? Um, 
talk to somebody. Mm. Um, find find somebody to talk to. Um, mm-hmm. Even if it's even if it's a psychiatrist, um, because it's something deeper than just doing the drug. It's something on the inside that's bothering you so much that you just don't want to think about it. Um, wow. I didn't have that. Mm. Okay. Yeah, I, I, I get that. I can totally get I can totally relate. It's so you advocate therapy as one of the methods of uh alleviating drug abuse or recovery from drug abuse. Uh are there yes. any other methods that you 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 specialize in at MLJ recovery? Yes, um yes, that's the name of the um my my company because um I want to rec- I want to help people recover. Okay. Um, give them some tools that they need uh, to get the help that they that they, they should get. Um, let them know those, they're not alone. Yeah. What are those tools? Those tools is, um, and, and I, I gotta give him all the credit. I gotta give God all the credit because he the one to clean me up. Mm-hmm. He the one that opened my eyes up and let me know that he was always there. Only thing I had to do was just talk to him. And, and how um, do you, how do you incorporate that into your therapy, into what you offer, into uh, your methodologies? Well, if you don't have a church on, find one. I grew up in church most of my life, so I had tools from church, and 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 the Bible helped me out a whole lot because there's stories in the Bible that pertains to you in your life. So um, if I hear a sermon on Sunday, I can turn that into a poem and break it down so it's easy for the next person to understand. If right. Going through something similar. So, That's where poems well, came. That that is awesome. That's an awesome story, and I really salute you for that. That that's tremendously. Uh, life-giving to someone who might be listening. Uh, what you're saying, Marion, is that a lot of us need to resort to writing as a tool of recovery from abuse or any other traumatic situation we might be experiencing. And for you, poetry was the outlet that gave you life through your faith yeah. that helped you to, to get over. I salute that. That is pretty awesome. So let me ask you this. What do you do now? It's been 15 years. How do you control the urges that come? Um, well, it ain't me. I can tell you that much. Um, he just took the taste out of my mouth, you know. Um, uh-huh. And I said, it's one day at a time, like they said. That's true, because I never thought I could get through one day. But once mm-hmm. I got through that one day, that one mm-hmm. day, mm-hmm. and um then I had got through two days. Next thing you know, it just go on and on. But the main right. reason why I think God cleaned me up because my younger son was going through some stuff. Uh-huh. And I had to be there for him. And right. he cleaned me up just in the nick of time to be there for him. Right. I appreciate that. So for your story is so inspiring. And I know that this is something that a lot of people need to hear. So... I am going to make a suggestion. I am going to ask you, I'm giving you 30 seconds to tell someone who is listening 
30 seconds, that's a long time, to tell uh-huh. someone listening who might just be at the end of their rope, for someone who might, might just need to hear somebody say, hang on. At the end of this, I'm going to give the number for the suicide hotline because as we approach the holidays, uh-huh. what we're facing is mass suicide. The rate of suicides are up because yeah. people are not, people are just not able to function and we need as a society to understand that. Uh, people have lost jobs. They have lost homes. They have no hope. They have no money. They have nowhere to live. They can't see their way out. All of this is caused by a pandemic that was mishandled and mismanaged by the sitting president, the person who's still sitting in the White House. So I want you in 30 seconds, 30 seconds to give someone hope. thing is that you got to, uh, um, if you're doing drugs, uh, you got to admit that you are an alcoholic and a a drug addict. You got to admit that. Um, If you don't, you're just going to fall right back into the same situation you was in before. Uh-huh. Change, change people, places, and things. You can't hang around those folks anymore. Mm. You, can't dibble and dabble. you can't dibble and dabble and say, well, I can get high today and clean up tomorrow. No. You have to cut things loose. Um, learn how to pray. Um, and pray for yourself, but you got to be wholeheartedly and, and, and commit to this thing. Um, um, when you're talking to him, you got to give him your all. He'll come to you. He'll take the taste out of your mouth. He'll open doors for you where they were closed. He'll close those doors that, 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 that he don't want open. He will be there for you. You just have to call out his name, call on him, and... Um, He'll take care of you. You know what? That is, so that is so powerful. And I am so grateful that I had you on this morning. You encouraged even me. I am so grateful that you took time out this morning to be a part of our experience and to talk about how to recover from drug abuse. I know you have way more to share and you sound like an empathetic listener. So I'm going to give uh, for anybody out there who wants to contact Marion. Uh, his website is mljrecovery.com, and his phone number is 315-317-9695. 315-367-317-9695. It's the holidays, and we need to hold each other up and bear each other's burdens. Is that what it says in Galatians? Yes. Bear ye one yes. another. The mission of Christ. Thanks so much, Mary, and it was a blessing, my brother. Thank you so much. I wish you well. Be Thank well. You. All right, Harriet. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. Thanks so much. I, I can't begin to tell you how I can't begin to tell you how it feels to talk to folks like Marion. You have no idea. He practically just lifted me this morning. I'm so very grateful to have connected with him, especially in the times that we are living in right now. And I just want to say shout out to anybody who is feeling at the end of your rope. And if you're feeling that there are issues that we know it's the holidays and for a lot of people, there's a lot going on. So if you feel like you're at the end of your your rope, please do not take yourself out of the picture. I want you to call this number. Are you ready? It's 
1-800-273-8255. We want to talk to you. Call this number. There is someone, just as Marion said, talk to someone. He couldn't say it enough. If you feel like this is something you can't cope with, or if you feel like this is something that life has just handed you a bunch of, of stuff, and life certainly is not looking like chocolates right now, I am encouraging everybody. If you just feel like you need to talk to someone, call 800-273-8255. You can also go to mljrecovery.com. Talk to Marion. He's someone who has been there. He's someone who has been at the forefront. He's been in the fight. We all have issues, my friends. I, I, I am no stranger to issues myself. You're looking at somebody who has suffered from severe uh, post-traumatic stress disorder and had to live life well at the same time while I was coping with that. And so I'm intimately familiar with how the mind works and how you can feel like giving up and how sometimes it takes tremendous strength for you to pull yourself together and to be able to say, you know what, you know what, I, I'm going to live for another day. So I want us to, uh, to, to focus on, uh, on, on, on recovery. The issue is recovery. So 800-273-8255 is the number for the, uh, for the National Suicide Hotline. And it's something that we all need to spend some time around. And if you know someone, keep that number in your speed dial. I keep it in my speed dial so that if someone ever needs it, that they can refer to it. It's the National Suicide Prevention Hotline. Suicides are up. Please, my friends, I am begging you, please, if you can, just simply talk to someone. Marion said it. The first thing he said his prescription includes is talk to someone. Just talk to someone. And while we're talking to someone, can somebody please talk to the President of the United States and tell him to concede? While we're talking to someone, can someone just please talk to him and tell him, hey, dude, it's time for you to just hand it over. Just just hand it over and, and stop the, 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 you know, fooling around and the tomfoolery and all the frivolous lawsuits that are being filed that is not going to change the outcome of the election. Losing hurts. Anybody who has been in business, anybody who is alive has been familiar with losing. I don't know how... Mr. Trump, the president just seems to have been one of those persons in life who has never lost anything. To me, he seems to have lost. He has lost businesses. He filed for bankruptcy six times. Uh, he has lost wives. He's been married three times. So at some point in his existence, he must have felt the pain of loss or just the, the ache of loss, that you lost something that was valuable to you. Maybe he has a different personality that does not somehow sit down and, and look at life like that. Life is transactional. Everything is about a transaction, which is what we're seeing right now. Uh, everything is about a transaction. He lost the elections, which he knew he was going to, but he still played it right up, playing on people's emotions, taking advantage of how dumbed down people feel, taking advantage of working class white Americans who are looking at a future where they don't see themselves getting out. They have, they're getting older, they're getting sick, they have very little in uh, uh, healthcare resources available to them because of Republicans and public policy. They didn't make enough throughout their lifetimes. They made just enough to retire. And now that they have retired, they're looking at their income not being enough to cover their expenses. A lot of them are filing for bankruptcy because once you get sick, you start spending up what? 
all the little money that you save to stay alive. And before you know it, you're inundated with medical bills because no matter how you think, when you get sick and the medical bills start coming in, you don't realize how expensive that is until it happens. So people who thought they were safe when they retired are suddenly finding out that they're not. So now they're, they're fighting and you're sick and you have to worry about money, which just exacerbates the condition of the illness and it creates so much stress and tension on your caregivers and your family who are worried about your survivability and at the same time have to worry about how are we going to pay these bills. So you, there is a man who is sitting in the White House who has lost the election. Yeah, you might have gotten some votes, but that's because you appeal to the basis of human emotions, which is racism. You used racism and ran yourself into the White House because you hated people. I have read documents on how you, the words you have used to describe people who come from other countries. People are human beings, Mr. President. I know you don't think so. I know you think in your bubble, but people are human beings. I am an immigrant myself. Look at me. I'm an immigrant. Is that the same way you would talk about me and describe me too? Is that what you would say? Then you are not a human being at all. And I, I feel that you're going to face a, a different set of uh, getting, you know, kind of a come to Jesus moment. This is just the beginning of your come to Jesus moment because you're going to come full front and center with all the stuff that you've done over a lifetime. I mean, just look at what you have done. Your refusal to do anything about the coronavirus has now left 240,000 Americans dead and counting. Here in my home state of Michigan, you have convinced your followers to petition the Michigan Supreme Court to remove the governor's emergency powers. She can't call for a mask mandate. She can't shut the state down. She can't do anything because you remove that. She does. Have, she might have some limited powers to be enforced through the agencies, but she as the governor can't do that. You and your followers. So now the cases in Michigan are spiking up. Before I joined my podcast earlier, I was listening to the presidents of hospital systems around the state of Michigan, from northern Michigan to southeast Michigan, and they are so afraid that the trend that we're seeing in the last 30 days, if it continues, is going to wreak havoc on our lives. People are going to be on ventilators. People are going to die. People who voted for you in this past election, Mr. President, are going to die. And you are sitting there pontificating because you feel like, oh, this should not have happened to me. Well, this might be your reality show, but for us, it's real life. And you are using us as a, as, a, as a batting ram because you're using our lives and people's lives to make a reality show that you think NBC is going to make afterwards. Yes, you really think NBC is going to make that for you afterwards and make a reality show and people are going to watch it. I personally, I'm going to campaign against that. I can promise you that because this is ridiculous. I have friends and family whom I am worried about. I don't know who is going to be afflicted with the coronavirus this time. This is the third wave here in Michigan. This is the third wave around the country. I have family in other parts of the country. I don't know. I keep talking to everybody and texting people like every, you know, every week more than I ever have just to make sure they're still breathing. And I don't want to get a text message that somebody's in the hospital or somebody's on a ventilator. This is beginning to really hit home. In the meantime, you're throwing a temper tantrum because you're like the little boy who had a birthday party, but you're not well-liked 
and nobody showed up at your birthday party and you didn't get gifts, so you're mad. You were never going to win re-election. You were always a one-term president. You probably knew that. You must have known that. So now do the right thing and give it up. Just give it up, dude. Give it up. Let the people who have the experience to handle it come and fix the country so that you and the Republicans can go cry baby and then try to come back in four years. I promise you, you can go do that. I don't know that you're going to win again in four years. I think it's over because after you leave and people realize the extent to which how many lives have been lost because of it, it's going to be unbelievable. You are not running our country. You are putting us at risk because you just didn't get what you want. You're not going to win any of these frivolous lawsuits. You know, you're finding judges all over the place whom you appointed, so you think that they're going to overturn. It's That's not the way it works. <laughs> they're not going to overturn the results of the elections just because you don't like it. You do realize that the 76 million people who voted for Joe Biden did not like the fact that you won in 2016. You realize that by now. But nobody, not Hillary Clinton, nobody cried. Nobody refused to concede. Obama didn't stop the transition process. No other president in history has done. The last time somebody did it, I think it was John Adams. And I think they escorted, <laughs> wasn't it Lincoln who escorted him out or something like that? Uh, I need to double check my history facts there. But the last president who did that, he was actually escorted out of the White House. You might just end up being the president who that happens to. It's ridiculous. People are dying. And people are sick. And Mr. President, a part of the collateral damage of what you have done, because I'm speaking directly to the president right now, part of the collateral damage of what you have done is people have lost their jobs as a result of the pandemic. Now, I know you never lost a job because when you started your business, your your, your father gave you $400 million or, or whatever to start. So you kind of started off real with a golden spoon in your mouth. You even use a golden toilet. Imagine that, just like a fable. You came down golden elevators in Trump Tower to announce your run for president. I don't know that they have golden elevators at the White House, but you will be elevated out on January 20th at 12 noon. Uh, but the people who we are talking to right now are people who have lost jobs and are about to lose their homes. Back in September, we, we, we faced people who had were evicted, people who could not pay their rents anymore, people who were forcibly removed from places they called homes. This time, we're going to lose people who have not paid their mortgage because they could not sustain. You and the Republicans sat down and did not renew the stimulus package so that people could continue to get a stimulus check, nor did you renew uh, uh, moratoriums on evictions, on mortgages, on utilities. But meanwhile, you were living off the public behest and the public chest and having a good time and only God knows what you have done with the money in Treasury because Mnuchin is your friend. So only God knows what happened where all the money has disappeared. You probably transferred all the money, as many billions as you could out of the country into, into, into uh, private accounts in the Caymans and so on. But they're going to find it because it's the United States government. It might take them a while, but they will find it. So go ahead, have fun while you think you can. In the meantime, those people, Mr. President, 
who have lost jobs, lost homes, some of whom are on the brink of divorce because they're fighting so hard, those people are at the end of their tether and are people who are struggling to stay alive. When I say struggle to stay alive, I mean literally. They have no hope. They have no hope for what's going to change or what's going to happen. Because just when you think that the elections are over and people could move forward, here you come obstructing power and obstructing the transition to further make people feel like there is no hope of anything ever going right. Are you all listening to me? If if, if any of you vote for the Republicans ever again for the next 20 years, you're all in trouble with me. This just simply cannot happen. And the Republicans, like little children, are all standing behind you because they're not worried about you personally because you have a jet that can pick you up, drop you off at your uh, palace where you live, and your life just continues. You don't have to worry about finding eggs or making breakfast tomorrow. But those Republicans who are standing with you have districts to run with real people in those districts. And those people are going to remember their actions and they're not going to vote for them. Good luck, Mr. President. You're going to need it in more ways than you could ever imagine. If you think that it's just the puni- is, is anything punitive is going to come after you, that's the least of your worries. Trust me, you are going to face the scorn of the, and rejection of the people. You won't even be able to drive through the streets because the same people who voted for you in the belief that you were going to lift them up. They were following a celebrity chain. They thought they were going to be lifted up. When those people begin to see, when the veil comes off, because they have taken down their MAGA signs, they're throwing out their MAGA wear, you collected the money and spent it all and blew it all, and you are still feasting them, telling them that you're going to file defense funds, it is mind-blowing and mind-boggling. Those very same people are going to turn on you, believe it or not because that's how empires fall. I read the story last night of a man in Central America who had the nation in his grip. It was in Guatemala, and he had the nation in its grip for more than 30 years. After he was president, he then went and became a leader. And he had the nation in an iron grip for so long. And finally, you know, he died of a heart attack. Yeah, the people stole, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you cannot escape the karma that is going to come from all these folks who died. Mr. President, they trusted you. They voted for you. They trusted you that you were going to be as American as they are. You were at least going to uphold the values of being American. You at least understood what it meant. Instead, you treated the presidency like it was a transaction, like it was a reality show that you were living in, reality show where you killed children, you put children in cages, you ripped women's wombs out. I'm an immigrant. I'm trying to understand if I had come here under you and you ripped my womb out so I wouldn't have my baby who is now 18. Imagine that. I don't know where, how that would have happened anyway, because I don't, I just don't know. I just don't know how that would have translated. So maybe I'm not a good uh, analogy there. Because I don't know how that would have happened. I really don't. I don't know that I'm the kind who is just going to sit by and let stuff like that happen. Mr. President, you cannot continue. Give it up, man. It's over. They don't want you. They rejected you. So you had 71 million people vote for you. But Joe Biden had 76, 77 million. So give it up. He still had more votes than you did. 
Give it up. That's six more million people who said, I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. That's a huge number. I could see you boast if there were like a million, maybe zero. But this was six million people who said, we don't want to have anything to do with you. You need to give it up and stop having rallies. Would you be conscious enough to stop having rallies? You have the best health care in the world. They have propped you up to survive until after January 20th, and you just become an ordinary person. They don't care anymore, right? Because you're not integral to the efficacy and the running of the country. Nobody cares. You made that happen. Have you ever seen the story of the bully? You, you know the story about cry wolf, cry wolf. You ever seen the story of the bully? That's what you've become. Nobody ever likes a bully. And what happens with bullies is unique because bullies don't realize that all the time they're doing something, they're actually surrounding themselves and backing themselves into a corner. That's where you are, Mr. President. You backed yourself into a corner. And the American people who own the land, they just said, you know something, it's time for you to get out of my house. It's time for you to get out of my space. You have not done anything to help our country. You're looking at ordinary people like you, and I'm not famous. I'm not somebody with some big name who has millions of followers or something like that. America is made up of ordinary people like me, ordinary people like some of these folks who are listening, ordinary people who say enough is enough. It is the craziest thing I've ever heard. It is so grossly irresponsible and unbefitting a man your age. I could see if you were 35 and unused to corridors of power and unused to how transitions work, even in your organization. When you fire someone and you are hiring someone, you give them a chance to be schooled by the person, the outgoing person, when someone is leaving to take over another role so that they're introduced to the orienting of the organization. If you don't do that in your organization, that explains why your organizations have all failed. You have no continuity plan. So you don't understand that. So you refusing to hand over the daily intelligence briefings, Biden's still getting them. He just doesn't want the public to know how he gets them. But people are still telling him what it is. You need to be able to just man up and put your big boy pants on and just say, you know something? I ran a good fight. It's over. I wish you well. Let's keep it moving for the country. But you're never going to do that because to you, it's all about you. You're worse than a narcissist. It's narcissistic behavior, but you're worse than that. You're selfish and self-centered. Selfish and self-centered because the coronavirus is raging and you are not doing anything about it. But here is another leader who is willing to do something about it to stop the death of people's loved ones. And you won't give in. You are selfish and self-centered beyond our wildest imaginings. And I'm being very kind with the words I'm using If this weren't a public setting, man, if I saw you up front, I would tell you straight to your face, as I imagine a lot of people want to, because this is unbelievable. Do you realize that right now, people's mothers, fathers, grandparents, aunts, uncles, boyfriends, girlfriends, best friends, partners, people who work, people's husbands and wives and sons and daughters are on ventilators right now. They're dying from a virus that was controllable, a virus that we could have controlled, that we have the systems in place. They're healthcare workers on the front line. I went to the grocery store on Sunday, and do you know, they tell me, I was wondering why the lines were so long. It just didn't seem probable 
with the experience I've had at that grocery chain. So I asked the manager and he said, quite simply, he can't find anyone to work, that nobody wants to work, that nobody wants to come in and work because of COVID. And as frontline workers, the cashiers and the people who work in stores, they're on the front line. Nobody wants to get COVID. I couldn't say anything. I said, you know what? It's my fault for coming in. I should have just gone through the online uh, shopping portal and just uh, have my groceries picked up. Mr. President, that's what you've reduced our country to. You've reduced our country to a place where we can get toilet paper to buy in America. Do you know that we used to export toilet paper? Do you know that we would pack toilet paper and send it overseas? Did you know that? No, we can't find toilet paper. You've reduced us to a country where we can't find hand towel, hand pa- you know, hand paper to dry our hands off. You've reduced us to that. You've reduced us to a country where bleach is at a premium. Bleach. Like, who doesn't go to Costco and Sam's Club and buy bleach that lasts you for six, seven months and you forget about it for a whole year? You've reduced us to a country where we can't go out to eat. That's the thing that gets to me. I can't go out. I can't engage socially. I can't go to any of the events. This is grant writing season, and it's also social season. There are no social events on my calendar for the remainder of the year, even into January and February. My speaking calendar is usually up until March. And just before the summer, the summer break starts up until June. I have no, not, nothing planned. Nowhere. Nobody's planning anything because there have been no live uh, engagements, maybe a few virtual ones, but no live ones. You can't get people enough to register for virtual ones because they're so distracted. I mean, they're going to watch something on Netflix. They're going to watch something. The best thing to do is to get them into a place. But you, Mr. President, don't think like that. You think only of yourself and how your ego feels seeing people lined up to see you. When in fact, you're paying them $150 per appearance. That's why they're there. That's why they risk the cold. That's why they're coming out. Because you pay them to show up. They download something in an app. They register. You'll be paid so-and-so. If you bring two persons with you, give us their names. We'll contact them and pay them. That's what you do. That's what you do. There are other words to describe you, Mr. President, but I'm going to be kind this morning. But in person, dude, I won't be kind. If I were to see you, I wouldn't be kind because you have let us down. You're a disappointment, even if you don't like the rest of us. Can I just be honest with you? I'm just going to be honest with you. I don't think the previous outgoing uh, Republican presidents liked anybody either. Simple put. I have read up on the policies. I had to reacquaint myself with the policies of Reaganomics and George, the first Bush, and the second Bush. I don't think any of them liked anybody, but they delivered it in a different way. They still, when it came to the job and the execution of the job, were mindful of the role that they played. And so they played it auspiciously, even though their policies had bite for people of color. You, Mr. President, have just gone on a hate machine. Even the people who show up at your rallies, you still don't. It is mind-blowing. And now we have the coronavirus. And I can't begin to tell you the trepidation that all of us face as we enter into this season. I just listened to a community of uh, hospital presidents outline how terrifying the next few weeks are going to be towards the end of the year. I was not struck 
I was literally sitting here praying that Jesus will be a fence around us. I cannot begin to tell you. Jesus, be a fence around me and my children. I kid you not. That's how bad this is going to be. You know, the Constitution doesn't really require you personally to concede, but it is good faith and it is the thing to do that communicates that you are a leader. It is also you don't block the processes by telling your neophytes and acolytes and surrogates that they should prevent the transition process. History is not going to be your friend. History is going to write this part of your legacy that years from now, your grandchildren and great-grandchildren are going to be ashamed to use your last name because of what you have done when history is through recording what you have done. So you live in the moment. You're just like a Hollywood star. Everything is about the moment. They go and do surgeries that are damaging you. Later on, you hear them die from cancer, cut up all parts of their body, restructure all parts of their body. Then the body starts changing. The cells are changing. And they do all kinds of weird things because they're in the moment. Right now, in the moment, I must look good. In the moment, I must look like this. In the moment, I must look like that. Without thinking of the repercussions for the future. But the future always comes because time moves on. And as the future comes and time moves on, Mr. President, it's going to be really bad. It's regrettable that you are departing from this national space as a leader who let a simple coronavirus kill as many people. May God have mercy upon you and the people who are around you who contributed to the demise of so many people. And you had the resources because you sat atop the most powerful machinery in the world, the United States government. And you did not use the power of that government to save the power of the people. Even the people who voted for you, many of them are senior citizens. Many of them are not going to survive. They might not even live long enough to see Inauguration Day. They might not even live long enough beyond January or February. The very people, some of the people who voted for you. And you are still thinking this is a reality show that you can keep your name in the news because that's what this is about. For the entire four years, you ran it like a reality show. Just keep doing the utmost and doing the worst and saying the most horrid things that you could to people as you stood in front of people in Las Vegas and in Nevada And in other places in California, as you talk about immigrants and how they're horrible people, you said the worst things that you could just so the news media would quote you. And then you walked out and strolled out like you are a king and you're going to be king forever. Dude, no. You know why this country is called the United States? Because it rejected totalitarian rule almost 250 years ago. Yes. They threw out King George. They were like, dude, we don't have anything to do with you. How did you think that 250 years later that those same people, those, the descendants of those people, were going to come back and say, hey, we like the king idea. Come back and be with us. Not a chance. Not going to happen. Definitely not going to happen. But I do need you to do something, though. On your way out, I do need you to call that man named Joe Biden 
and that lady named Senator Kamala Harris. I do need you to call them and tell them congratulations. That's a decent thing to do. And I need you to take up a a megaphone like you do just at your rallies. And I need you to tell the American people, hey, I'm sorry. Can you do that? It would be down to earth if you did. Thanks so much, everybody. Be blessed. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.